You're Good evening. Paul. <laughs> Howard is back from parent teacher. Now, Howard, I hope you gave a lot of good reports out tonight. I sure did. Absolutely. So this is Paul Hallen, Howard Kravitz. We're going to be bringing on Kyle Roscoe and a very special guest tonight. And, you know, we, we all come across people in racing that, uh, you know, we're fortunate to develop relationships with. Howard, you had a great interview with Nick Jamrell last night. He's just been a, you know, he's been so supportive of this show from the beginning. He's come on with us several times, and uh, that was very interesting. I'm really sorry I missed that. Even It was my idea, so I was there in spirit. Um, By the way, Paul, we got a lot of great feedback, and I, I thank you for that idea. I've got a bunch of emails and texts from people saying, Howard, I learned a lot. Uh, it was a great show. People in the industry enjoy that show. So, Paul, I want to give you full credit once again for that idea. Uh, I thought it worked out really well. And, of course, Nick Samuel was awesome, obviously. Yeah, and, and the ironic thing, Howard, and you brought it out last night, the, the, the irony is this. People get so worked up about the morning lines. That's that's one thing. And part two is the majority of people don't understand what goes into making them, you know, and, and the fact that it's not Nick Tamro telling you he thinks the seven horse should be the favorite. He's telling you he thinks the betting public is going to make the seven horse the favorite. So it, it was really good. But what, what I was getting at is, um, you know, th this this woman that we're going to bring on. Should we bring on Kyle first, uh, Howard? Well, we do, let's take care of a few particulars, Paul, okay. on the right. screen. You, you we got, we got some administrative items real stick. quick. Go to okay. rattle off, Paul. Go ahead. Yeah, we got to like us, love us, hate us, whatever, but follow us above all. Okay, do whatever you want, but follow us. Uh, this is important, though. Uh, the, the, the power picks, which now come with the ABC picks of myself and Howard and Pete, uh, it's going to be especially valuable. You're going to get a lot of value added going to the Breeders' Cup. Howard, the teacher, has assigned Peter, Kyle, and myself races that we have to do deep dives on. Um, we will be graded by him, and ultimately we'll be graded by you because you'll see how uh, you'll see how good we are. So sign up for the Power Picks. It works out to four bucks a week, which is probably a, not even a, a grande at Starbucks. Probably an extra large at Dunkin' Donuts in our part of the world. Uh, the website that Pete has put together, hhhracingpodcast.com, you can catch all this information. So we have Kyle Roscoe. Uh, Twitter. Yes. Follow us on Twitter, Paul. Oh, oh yeah. Howard, yeah, Howard's uh, is on a crusade for more followers. Follow Howard on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Jessica on Twitter. Follow Kyle. Follow everyone on Twitter. Okay. Uh, Kyle Roscoe is uh, a regular contributor. He's coming on. We bringing him on first, Howard. Sure. Here he here he comes. Here I come. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, Kyle. How you doing? So as I was saying, you know, you come across people in this game, and uh, you know, you develop relationships. And this is a really special one for me, Jessica Paquette. I'll just give you just a very little bit of her background, and then we'll let her talk about herself. But uh, Jessica was the longtime vice president of marketing communications she was the broadcast analyst at suffolk downs she was at suffolk downs for 16 years that's where i met her spent many many days in the press box at our beloved suffolk downs uh, with her she if you play colonial downs you recognize jessica she is the paddock personality at colonial downs if you were watching pennsylvania derby day uh, you saw that uh, she was at parks and if you were watching the live hhh uh, show as you should be on Saturdays when we do it live. 
she gave you society right there, just right from the paddock at Park. So uh, she has got her uh, and her, her relationship and her work with the TRF we want her to talk about as well, probably most importantly. But without further ado, uh, from right up, uh, not too far from where I am sitting right now, here in the little northeastern corner of Massachusetts, my president, Jessica Paquette. Oh. Thanks for having me, guys. Jessica, and I bring that up, Jessica, because Jessica, you'll recognize this. Oh man! And Dr. Sheehan's on the cover. So the gentleman on the cover is still my horse's veterinarian. He's a longtime track vet at Suffolk Downs. He's been my own personal vet for a million years. One of my genuinely favorite people. Fantastic! That's making my night. I think this might have been the last one, Jess. We made it a good one, at least. Twenty fourteen. We <laughs> I think that was it. I didn't mention that among her many titles in the game, Howard, she served as president of the very esteemed <laughs> New England Turf Riders Association. Of course. Okay. I mean, those uh, dinners at Kitty's in North <laughs> Reading were, were something to be had. So, so just I, what I want to start with is, and the timing is great. We, I, I briefly went, very briefly went over all your affiliations in the game, but Tell our audience how you really did get started and the experience you had as a young kid that really whet your appetite for this game. So I was a, from a non-horsey family. I was just, I grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts. Those of you that know Lowell know, you know, there are no horses and horses. I was a horse crazy kid and horses seemed like a lifetime away, but luckily we had the internet and these were the early days before the internet was filled with creeps or we just didn't know it was filled with creeps. And a bunch of teenagers and I got on the AOL message boards and made fan clubs for our favorite horses. We were like 13, 14, very popular among our classmates, clearly. <laughs> And uh, Trudy McCaffrey, who owned Freehouse and some other really lovely horses in the 90s, um, thought that kids were the future of the sport. So she kind of stumbled across us on these message boards. And she, along with John DeSantis, Kate and Bradar, a lot of other great folks in the industry, they formed Kids to the Cup, which was designed to bring folks that were not growing up in racing into the sport and give them a foot in the door. And for many of us, uh, it's a testament to Trudy's vision because Oh God, like we're very old, but like 25, 30 years later, we're still working in the industry. Well, that's terrific. And and again, the timing is great because we, we do have the, the cup, uh, the cup coming up. I, I want to talk, Jessica, it's a sore spot with you and me, but we share something in common with Kyle and Howard because Kyle and Howard were devotees of Arlington Park, which yeah. is uh, now dearly departed. And of course, I think you and I st stood in the paddock for, several last racing days of Suffolk Downs. We, yeah, we, we had a couple of finales. Yeah, we, it, was the, it, it was a real Irish funeral. We had about six or seven of them. But uh, yes, Howard, hey, would you like hey, to talk? Pa, Dean's got a great question for yourself and Jessica. At the bottom of the screen, there's going to be comments and questions from our wonderful viewers. Ooh. When do you guys want to tackle that? Oh, I actually Jess. don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. I was busy weeping on the roof of the Suffolk Downs oh, press box. I wrote the press release afterwards, but that like that that is not. I know Tammy Pamrini was aboard the horse that crossed the wire last. She was aboard the, fi the, the final horse to cross the wire. June 30th. Uh, June 30th was the day, I believe, Jessica, because I've told the story on this show. Uh, I got a text that morning from my daughter's longtime boyfriend and asked if he could come to see us that day. And I said to my wife, I think he's coming to ask to marry Catherine. And 
uh, my reply to him was, it's the last day of racing at Suffolk Downs. I'll be home after six. <laughs> so we were not. And that was why he was coming. And oh, what a that, memorable day all that around. Gave, that gave him a pretty good understanding of what he was getting into. So that <laughs> was led, you really did get a wedding and a funeral all in one day. And they did. And when they were when they finally did decide uh, on a were deciding on a wedding date, uh, there were some block dates given out. Uh, Derby, Travers, Breeders' Cup. Thank you. There it is, guys. Jane, thank you. Yeah, I remember it. I was uh, I was standing there trackside, but but anyway, what I what I was getting at, Jessica, is you you have said I've heard you say many times, you know, when that happens, you really don't know what's going to happen. You know, you work at a track for sixteen years, and now let's just fill people in on not only have you survived that funeral, but uh, just give our viewers a little bit of an idea of where it has taken you. You know, my heart will always be at the East Boston Oval, but I've been extremely fortunate that horses have taken me to a bunch of great places. Um, I've been fortunate to be at Colonial Downs the past two summers in the paddock with one of my best friends, Jason Beam, as the announcer. So getting paid to hang out and talk about horses with your best friend, like 10 out of 10 stars, would highly recommend it. Uh, and I also get the past couple of winners. I've gone to Sam Houston to help them out on their big days. I've also gotten in the announcer's booth here and there along the way, calling some quarter horses, the occasional steeplechase race. I filled in for Nick um, doing some thoroughbreds last uh, last winter as well. So there's not much you haven't done. And of course, I, I, before you came on, you heard I told people that you were nice enough to give people the winner of the Oaks at Parks. On Even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Kyle, uh, before we get to the handicapping, anything for Jessica? No, just I've, I've never had the opportunity to meet Jessica. I've never been, um, like I said, getting into racing. It was basically only Arlington. I worked at Arlington would lived and breathed Midwest racing. But now as I brought broadened my horizons, I get the great opportunity to meet great people like you. So I'm very happy to meet you and very happy to talk with you tonight. Nice to meet you too. I had my first trip to Hawthorne a couple of weeks ago and I was so charmed by that yeah. track. It is my I, kind of racetrack every, mm -hmm. in every way. Jessica, I got the scoop from Jim Miller. I won't tell any stories, but I talked to Jim about that. By the way, Kyle, your mic's a little bit hot. You might want to turn down the volume if you can. Um, Jessica, real quick, if you don't mind, Paul, Tell us uh, before we get, and, and by the way, everyone that's listening and watching, we thank you. We are going to be handicapping the late pick five at Aqueduct, Belmont at Aqueduct this Saturday. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about another stake race uh, tonight. So thanks for joining us. We're going to get to the handicapping in just a minute. Jessica, tell everyone uh, where you, why you were in Chicago. Uh, was it two a week and a half ago now, right? A week and a half ago, I was running the Chicago Marathon. It was my wow. first ever marathon, and it was uh, a year and a week since I broke my back in a horseback riding accident last October. That's unbelievable, Paul. Off the top of my head, what's that, about 208 furlongs, Jessica? Uh, you know, but who's counting at that point, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I was just glad I didn't need the screen at the end, to be we honest. Got a math, we got a math teacher with us, so he's going to – 208 furlongs, not counting the point two, Howard, mm -hmm. so you'll have to do the point they two. Need you know, to walk a mile to the start. I thought that was, like, a great injustice. Like, how dare – like, I'm running 26 miles, and I have to walk a mile to start? Well, they wanted to make sure you were loose. Yeah. It looked <laughs> like it was a really good weather day, Jessica. It was perfect. It was fantastic. Good for you. Great day to be at a racetrack, really. I mean, it's the kind of weather that makes you want to be at a racetrack. Yes, teacher Howard. Uh, Mr. Halloran, sir, I, I have an answer, sir. 209.6 for a long. Okay, well, I said that the includes, that, includes, that includes the point two. 
Right. So I was right. If you do 26 times 8, you'll get to what I said it was, 208. Good. Jessica, uh, before we do the handicapping, tell us a little bit about uh, – you mentioned your accident. You know, you you ride. You have horses. Uh, you you have what you call the, the bad horse. <laughs> uh, actually, that is a pretty good story. Briefly, tell people about how you came to to own what a trippy. So what a trippy um, made his career debut at Suffolk Downs in. He is coming 19. So math teacher Howard, tell me what year that is off the top of my head. I've had a couple of good concussions, so like dates aren't <laughs> that great. But, you know, about 16 years ago, he made his first start at Suffolk Downs on this terrible rainy afternoon, like torrential rain. And he was not really that thrilled about about any of it. I mean, I watched this little bay horse come up to the track, like trying to throw himself on the ground, trying to decapitate his groom. Like he was awful in his first start. And then the race happens. He ran a really good second. And there was something about this horse that I went, oh, my God, that's mine. He's going to be mine. Um, Not my type at all. Uh, I, I've ridden, um, show horses kind of off and on throughout my life, throughout my life. And nothing about him was what I would think was mine, but had to have him. So the next day I went to the barn, saw George Zicardo and spent the pretty much every day that summer bringing this horse carrots to bribe him into liking me because he was a unpleasant, he was, he was wretched as a, as a three-year-old. He bit, he was just he was awful. I loved him. Uh, he went on to have a pretty good racing career. He was a New England champion. The president may have been a little bit biased in the voting. I'm not going to lie. There may, there may have been some bias back then. And then ultimately, he wound up kind of dropping down the claiming ladder and getting claimed away by George, uh, by Michael Sessi from George Sicardo, who I did not know. He raced in Finger Lakes. So the day he was claimed, I called Mike out of the blue and said, look, you don't know me, but I want this horse when he's done racing. I don't care you know, how sound he is. I promised him to have a home when he's done. So about a year and a half goes by and Trippy did okay at Finger Lakes, like an occasional win and like, you know, the $4,000 non-winners of two cents the date. And he was the only horse in Mike's very large shed row with like 40 something horses with a traffic cone in front of his stall because he still bit. And one day in November, Mike called me and said, if you want him, he's yours. So I pulled some strings with some old New England folks at Finger Lakes, got him here to Massachusetts and the rest was history. He was um, a pr- relatively difficult horse to retrain under saddle. We had a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but eventually um, he wound up being the greatest partner of my life. He's 19, almost 19 now. He is. He had a great horse showing career. We showed him the hunters with some degree of success, and now he's retired and just eats Pop-Tarts all the time. And that flows into, tell us, uh, we'll get right to the handicap, Jessica, but how important aftercare is of your role in it. I've been fortunate to work for the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, and the issue of aftercare is the thing that matters most to me. In my time at Suffolk Downs, I saw firsthand that people at small tracks can do the right thing, and most of them want to. Suffolk was the first track in the country to institute an anti-slaughter policy back in around 2007, and we had some teeth with that. We did back it up. Um, it was the There was a culture of doing the right thing wherever and however you could um, through everyone we we worked with at Suffolk Downs. And that really stuck with me. And aftercare, it's the thing that matters most. We, as an industry, risk losing our social license to operate if we don't continue to try to do better for our our athletes. It's one thing to say we love our horses and to show, you know, photos of us giving them Pop-Tarts and giving them snacks and patting them. But we have to make kind of tangible change that makes their lives better both on and off the track. Jessica has some fans in the chat, Howard. Someone's hitting pick five at Colonial. They're hitting pick fives with their plays. 
Ross Blacker says she's the best. So just oh, just so nice. Jess's fan, Jess's fan club is out in force tonight. Oh, this is worth staying at Jessica, I've seen those pop tarts on Twitter. What what what's what's his favorite? Is it it's a it's a boy, correct? Male horse, I'm sorry. Like, he, yeah, he, he he's a gelding. What's his favorite um, uh, flavor? You know, I pumpkin he's a little basic like I am. Like he does like okay. the, the seasonal pumpkin pie one. Okay, very good. Frosted cinnamon for me. Just want to throw it out there. Okay, good. <laughs> Back in the day, I can't remember the last time I've had a pop tart, but they one of my favorite like... teenage snack foods for sure. They're pretty gross. Like they taste like chalk. Yeah, like, they're not. <laughs> Throw them in the toaster. It'll warm up a little bit. Chalk with a sugar coating. Yep, that's right. <laughs> we so, don't eat uh, chalk here. There is no chalk. No chalk eaters on this show, Jessica. So what we do on this show, Jessica, is we handicap a sequence. But we're going to start with there is a stakes race out of the sequence, uh, probably owing to the fact that it was a five-horse race, which means they thought they might have gotten a four-horse race. But it is the Noble Damsel uh, at Belmont at the Big A on Saturday. It's a mile on turf. It's a grade three. Uh, we didn't we didn't send in picks for this, Howard, right? We just sent in picks for the – oh, I didn't That's, send in picks for it. But no, we'll take a – There will be no picks on the bottom of the screen. Let's quickly uh, – Yeah, we'll I'll just show go the through PPs the, and we can just yeah, talk these, about it. Yeah, so you have uh, Robbie Falcone has this horse uh, kept waiting, and uh, – Christophe Clement, uh, uh, this is horse was a, at one time grade one placed uh, Plum Ali. Uh, you see every Jets, uh, the slumping Eric Cancel. Uh, Clement, the other Clement, uh, he's got a kind of a stranglehold on this race. He's got Messador and shipping up. Uh, guy who had a good day we, that we saw, Jessica, on uh, Derby Day, uh, John Service ships up with poor K. No. So. Um, just uh, give us your thoughts on this race, and then we'll go around to Howard and Kyle. So call me a bit of a shameless homer, but I'm not dismissing Porquino here uh, by any stretch. I think this horse has a little bit of upside. Only three starts so far off of a significant layoff. I think she made a big step forward last time out. It was a good step in the right direction. But the race I really go back to, and that is that first start at Colonial. I know she was hopelessly defeated that day, and the waters were extremely deep. But if you look at the horses that have come out of that race, like Alms and Ahari both came back to win. But it's the winner, Didea, who anyone paying attention, put this horse in your stable mail. She's a great in stakes winner. I, I will die on this hill. I think she was the most impressive horse I saw at Colonial all summer. She was a South American filly coming in for Nacho Correas, who knocked off two wins in a row. Super, super impressive. Um, she's been, I haven't noticed a workout from her in quite a bit, so I'm wondering if she is sidelined with something. But keep the faith on this one. Jessica, did service have a, a string at Colonial, or did he just ship this horse in? Uh, shipped shipped in, I believe. Um, I believe she just shipped in. Wow! And she, ran, I see, she ran the Oaks there last year. So you actually saw her two years in a row at Colonial. That's true. I mean, none of them were really that memorable as far as performances from her. But I, I think I know maybe she's not good enough to win here. But I, I wouldn't dismiss her entirely. Well, uh, not just because you're on, Jessica, but the Colonial Downs form uh, has, has held uh, held up pretty good, I think, both last year and this year. Would you agree? Yeah, and I think it's just getting tougher each year, especially this year was interesting with so many horses and trainers and people coming in from Illinois with no Arlington. We got a, kind of an even broader group of contenders. Kyle? I mean, I 100% agree with that. I loved playing. Um, you know, you had, like Jessica just said, like the Chris Blocks at Colonial this year, just to touch on that. That's, I mean, he won a, a good few out there. So Colonial looked like it had a really great, uh, really great turf course out there, which I would love to get to see. It one is day. the best in the country. Yeah. And that's, I 
could definitely see that. I'm actually I'm really high on the other Clement in here on Mesador. I think that last that last race was extremely extremely impressive from this horse. So getting uh, just taking steps forward, steps forward, steps forward, and I think that the, uh, I think she's really in a spot to take a big leap here. So I'm actually going to take her over Plum Ali in this race. Kyle, any concern in a short field? And it looks like this horse is kind of pace dependent that she may not have enough to run at. Which definitely is a concern, and I'm just I'm going off of the fact that I think Plum Ali does sit a really nice trip because I'm assuming that she's going to break on the inside of EV jets, but take back enough to take her to the outside and track from the outside. Um, it's just the fact it's going to come down to me. It's going to be the fact that what's kept waiting going to do is kept waiting going to go with them or is kept waiting going to sit the pocket trip. She's, she's done up doing both in her lifetime. Recently, she sat more of the pocket trip, which could be b- beneficial to plum Ali, but I believe if they do go with her, I think uh, Mesador has a really good shot in this race. Yeah, kept waiting. That caress at Saratoga, Robin Sparkles, as I recall, went wire to wire at a big price. People were waiting for her to get caught and uh, kept waiting, chased her, and ended up seventh. So we'll see what happens there. Uncle Howard, who do you like in this race? Uh, when I handicap this, uh, of course, they do without the mooring lines. Plum I'll lead eight to five. I mean, no, thank you. I, I don't. That seems like a, a, a huge underlay to me. I mean, sure, Plum Ali can win, but, you know, she's really been pretty disappointing overall. Um, she she's, goes off at relatively low prices. Last time at Pimlico in the all-long, she's, what, a dollar, you know, 10. Can't get the job done, although in a hurry is a nice horse. But still, she got a pretty good, you know, trip. I, I agree with uh, Kyle here. And, Paul, your, your, your point is taken about the speed situation. We all know it's a – New York turf race, which means anything can happen. But when you really look at it, I mean, I think Avi Jets wants to be up close. I mean, sure, she can come from behind, but I think she's probably more effective up close. Kyle, I think keep waiting from the rail almost has to go. Um, I read, I think will be aggressive. We'll see. But even Jessica's horse, you know, the five four K no is better on the lead. So it sure looks like to me that's going to set up for Mesador. Slight concern, Paul, about the distance. I know she's wanted a mile, but Clement kept her like six and seven for a while. So I don't. I think she's probably better as a, a you know, a a, a a sprinter, a closing sprinter. But she's in great form. Clement puts Castellano, who's been unbelievable this year. If people have been paying attention. I'm going with Mesador. I'll t- I'll be happy to take even as low as eight to five on a value line for me. Uh, uh, Ross Blacker makes a good point in the chat. JT Service, John's son. I got uh, my services uh, mixed up there. I assume he shipped in as well, though, uh, Jessica. Yeah, yeah, I, be- I believe so. Yeah, I kind of looked at kept waiting there. Um, I-, I was a little concerned of that race, but, you know, I, I like the fact that Irad's on. You know, it's an interesting uh, – on a Saturday during Keeneland, Irad is at uh, – Irad and Pratt are both riding uh, in New York. Uh, yeah. Pratt, uh, Pratt had a masterful ride today in the in the last race, if anyone saw it. Um, but – I thought that kept waiting could get the best trip of, of the lot there. And the fact that I read on him is not making me like him any less. So with that, let's get on to the pick five, because as I say on the show every night, Jessica, I am a serial horizontal player. Uh, although listening to some of the people with that and my results, I should probably rethink that, but uh, we are going to kick it off in race six. It is a seven furlong maiden special. 
It is um, two-year-old maidens, always fun. Uh, the fact that it's the first leg is an advantage. If you wait, you, there are a few. Uh, the one and two are both first-time starters. Uh, the nine is a first-time and the eight. So they're all relatively long on the board. So you'll see if they take any action, it might tip you off. But we're going to go through our top three. And uh, Jessica, not only because we always let the guests first, but because you're such a special guest, you will go first. So tell us who you like in this race. Well, thank you. I, I'm not really reinventing the wheel here. Number six, Rudder's Men, looks very well met here. And this is a horse who has the pedigree to really be pretty precocious. The dam's a half-sister to Yaupon. This horse is also coming in with a very sharp work tab, even for Todd. I mean, Todd's horses do work pretty well. This work tab is very sharp. I imagine he's pretty well meant to come out of the gate flying here. I do like a little bit number nine. That's fast boat to sky. The dam's a half to Kentucky Oaks winner. Believe you can. Comes out for David Donk. Everybody likes David Donk. There are very few few people, I think, in racing that you can get a universal opinion that everybody roots for David Donk. I certainly do. This one does not have a super impressive work tab, but does have a steady work tab. And I think this is a horse coming into this race with a solid foundation. And the fitness is not a question at a big price. I, I'm going to use this horse both on my horizontal ticket and my, and my exotics. Honk, if you love Donk, I believe is the saying. Just That's it, right? <laughs> Kyle. You like the six as well. I do. And then the only thing to add on to Jessica's is the battalion runners. First runners are coming and not no pun intended. Of course, uh, his first runners are coming out and he's two for three with two year old. First time starters is another thing to look at. Granted, one of them was Charles Charlestown, but, and another one was uh, four fives furlongs, I think sprinting. So, but very well, you know, where that, do you know where that track agree. is Kyle Charlestown, West Virginia. No, no, no. CMR. Uh, do you know what CMR is? No, I do not. That that is South was... America, sir. Yeah, that yeah. There you by go. the way, Kyle, I don't. Um, um, Paul and Paul and Paul and Jessica I don't, is is. I still think Kyle's mic's a little bit high. Okay. I don't, is it just me or is it I, a little loud? Feels loud. I, I'm hearing him okay. Okay, all right, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry, I'll just back up. It's okay. No worries at Sorry, all. Sorry, Jessica, you, am I wrong? Isn't that South America, CMR, or is that Puerto Rico? Or is it Camarero? CMR. I'm sorry. Camarero yeah. in Puerto yeah, it's Rico. Yeah, Camarero right? in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I Puerto mean, Rico. again, geography, not my strong point either. No, no, you're right. That, that's why I, I corrected myself. You're absolutely right. Go, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry about that. No, you're good at all. And then um, obviously you guys can also touch on my, I like Skellig on second. His last race was really good on the lead. Just faded at the end to the Chad Brown horse expected value and everyone else came with him. I think this horse can be really well meant in this race. And obviously it is a, it's a New York turf. I mean, not New York turf, a New York dirt race. Lead is definitely nothing, especially at Aqueduct. It's nothing to sneeze at. I like him in second. Just I think the Todd Pletcher horses are really a lot more well meant. And again, not reinventing wheel. I'm going with the other uh, the other Todd in this race with a very nice work line. So and again, I'm not getting too crazy in here. And you'll see with the pick five later. I'm just going to go pretty simple here. How would you tab the four third? Is that to make the board, or will he be a C thinking he could blow up the pick five right off the shoot? Well, again, I did not see the morning lines before, but I don't really care. Um, he's going to be a C or maybe even a B. You know, this is the kind of race, guys, with a lot of first-time starters. You got to check the board. I do want to say, I'm going to bring us a little bit on, on screen here. Uh, the, the Belmont track has been very fast the last few weeks, so you're going to see a lot of fast works. Don't get too carried away with that because you see Paros, the four, just breezed in 59 and four, breezing. I mean, normally that would be 
you know, a wow kind of moment. And that is a nice breeze. The four's got some dirt pedigree, Paul. Uh, that, that's what I like about this horse. You know, Jerkins is not when first out. He's better second out. You look at this, this horse by Kyle Prince out of a trap shot mare. And this horse, you can see on the screen as I go full, um, was state on the dirt. This is absolutely a dirt horse. So there's dirt breeding in the pedigree. He's got nice works. He's going to be a big price. Um, why not? I mean, he showed some speed first time out. I think he's interesting. Um, I agree with Kyle in general, though, with the six and the five. You'll have to see the board, obviously. But the four would be sort of my bomb play. And I just also want to mention the 10. Jessica's got the 10. Well, actually, Kyle, Paul, you should mention the 10. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I picked the 10 on top for a few reasons. I mean, I, I'm a little concerned. I mean, Mott doesn't win first out that much. But the fact that he was 27 uh, to one is a little concerning. However, you know, every it's no secret that Mott is very good second time out. Also, out of that race, there have been one next out winner and two other horses to run second. So it looks like that was a pretty live race. You know, he puts up a 59 if he if he goes, presuming he's going to improve on that. Uh, I, I think he's. I think it puts him right in the mix. Uh, Mott's got his go-to guy, Junior Alvarado, on. Uh, he, he's got the outside post at seven furlongs, which I like. He'll be able to see what everyone else is doing. Uh, I don't think he'll be six to one, but I do like uh, a little bit of a price, so I went with him on top. Hey, Paul, I got a quick question, if you don't mind. Well, two things. Classic Legacy, by the way, the time is a half to art collector. Just let everyone know, number one. Same owner, correct, yep. Paul, I'm a little concerned about the works. I mean, I'm sure he's got real nice upside, and I know Mott doesn't work his horses fast. Maybe Jessica can comment, but they worked him on the on the turf. He's got slow dirt works. I don't know if he's got, like, feet issues. I don't know. His workout tab rubs me the wrong way. I wonder if you or Jessica has an opinion on that. For me, he just seems like a horse who probably is a little slow to develop. Um, I wonder if you know, I, he's just maybe not a two-year-old winner. His best will probably be off of the pedigree, kind of off of the work tab. I bet yeah. a little bit down the line. I agree. And maybe, uh, especially how you mentioned our collector, it could very well be that this horse is going to get better as they go longer. I mean, uh, you, you really don't get too caught up in the running line with a Mott Furster, and, and especially a horse like this, as Jess points out, if he is a little slow to develop, then, you know, that, that would also explain, you know, people, the people on the backstretch know, so to speak. So that would explain the 27 to one a little, a little more. So, okay. We will move on to the seventh, the second stakes race on the card. It is the grade two Hill Prince. It will be contested at a mile and an eighth on turf. That's nine furlongs keeping with our furlong discussion tonight. And the good news is this is a full field of 10. And Ms. Paquette, you went with limited liability. For me, you know, the roads run through Colonial Downs here. And I went with the uh, both horses that ran in the Virginia Derby, limited liability and unanimous consent, though I do like limited liability a little bit more. He really didn't have a good trip in the Virginia Derby. I thought despite that, he ran on pretty well. And he's been knocking his head against some solid fields. Uh, this, there's, this is also a horse who I think has tremendous upside as he continues to develop a little bit. His female family is is ridiculously impressive. Just one of those multi-generational Janny pedigrees that the further you go down the rabbit hole, the cooler it gets. Uh, the third dam is Megan's Joy, who produced Ironicus on leave, a bunch of nice horses. And I think the this one next year will really kind of come into himself a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I recall. I think I played this horse in the Virginia Derby just as, as my I recollection. Did too. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe I had Capensis. Could I have hit that race? You never know. Blind squirrel. Uh, Kyle, you <laughs> like Celestial City. Yeah, and um, I know a lot of people are going to watch that last race, and um, they're going to really see that it really doesn't look that impressive. Basically, a four-time buyer, buyer um, top. I I like to I like the last race at Saratoga where he was second or where he was second. I said it right. Where he was second to Annapolis, who just won at Keeneland this past uh, weekend, and you can see him coming down the stretch on the outside there. You're going to see it just kind of. It doesn't dud out, but it kind of just slows down. It doesn't look like they're really giving it what you know what we see with these really nice hundred and five thousand dollar allowances. But he does get up for the win. There's no fault in that. So I just think this horse is going to sit a really nice tactical trip and get the run at the end. The second McGahey, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard likes the Todd Pletcher. Be better. So let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever picked a horse on top when in its previous race it got not a DNF, not a DNF, that's right, the dreaded one buyer? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I actually like the DNF angle, but this horse did cross the wire. How would you like to be the chart caller, Jessica, for that? Let's see. How many lengths did he finish? Oh, yeah, let's go with 65 <laughs> as the number. Um, so my I, favorite – Favorite chart caller comment was an old one from Paul's my old friend Jim Bishop, who his oh. chart caller comment was appeared to dislike racing. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, oh, he was the best. He better definitely disliked racing on this day, and he did not get any kind of bad trip or anything. Guys, here's my feeling, and, and, and Jessica, you're as sharp as they come, and I'm sure you've felt this way in certain situations. This is this is the kind of situation for me where. Uh, Todd, it seems like he's being very aggressive here. This is all just sort of a gut feeling kind of play for me for two reasons. One is this horse would be eligible for an N2X, but he's choosing this grade two spot. And then number two, he's throwing him on turf. Now, this horse has plenty of turf breeding. You see Uncle Mo, no problem there. Smart strike on the dam side. And you see social call. Uh, okay, fine. You know, she was a... Uh, uh, only you know broker made in there on the turf but there's plenty of turf pedigree here and i think todd i don't think he's like searching for something here it's rapoli stable i think this horse is fascinating he's got tactical speed and no disrespect to some of the horses you mentioned um jessica but i'm sort of looking for a fresh face here i just they, they sort of run the same kind of race this horse has run a 91 yes i know it was on monmouth dirt i don't know guys this the intense here for me jessica just is really loud and clear. And I think Todd thinks highly of this horse. And I think this horse is fascinating. So you've kind of talked me onto him a little bit here. And this is the kind of horse who I do feel like, you know, wins, pays like, you know, 12, 15 bucks or whatever. And then everyone goes, how did we miss that one? Yeah. And there's not a lot of early speed in this race either. And I think Irad's going to be aggressive. So that's my thought here, Paul. I agree with the one that's got a shot. But honestly, I'm not a huge fan. I think the nine is a bit... Um, interesting, wicked fast at a price. So when you look at the buyers, guys, he, the buyers are not that far off of your limited liabilities. And take a look at who takes over the training, guys. Michael Maker, hello, first-time trainer. You can see an explosive buyer top here. Wicked fast might be just that in this race. I don't know, Paul, I'm just going with some fresh faces here. Well, and, and keeping with that angle, this is a very interesting 
First time Chad Brown after 10 starts. This horse was a West Coast turf horse who was very good as a juvenile. Ran a good third to modern games in the uh, Breeders' Cup uh, juvenile turf uh, last year. I think that was the race you couldn't cash if you played modern games, wasn't yes. it? Was that the race? Yeah, I yeah, had was... um, Tis the Bomb that day. So I, one of those days, it's lucky to, better to be lucky than good. Yeah, well, you should send bouquets of flowers <laughs> and more stupid pills to the California Stewart, is what you should have done. Uh, anyway, I went with McKinnon. Uh, I, I typically like horses on turf going east to west, not west to east. But as I say, this horse was pretty good last year, has not put it together this year. Uh, that slowed down, Andy. That Delmar Derby grade two race, that was a, a wire job, as I recall. Uh, I think my good friend Doc Jeff Mora loved that horse that day. I think he was first-time turf that day as well. But uh, I went with Brown and Pratt and, and didn't complicate things. Uh, I used Celestial City. I think Celestial City's more of a board horse here. And I my price play for the board was Neil Drysdale coming in with this St. Anthony because – I did go to Catholic school grades one through sixteen, so naturally I'm going to play Saint Anthony to make the board. I was, I was working all day for one of my clients, Saint Anthony Shrine on Art Street in Boston. So how am I not using Saint Anthony? We all need a hunch play. I went to thirteen years of Catholic school. There you go. See, mm -hmm. she just gets better and better. This is like the <laughs> ideal person. I got in trouble a lot for sneaking in a daily racing form to class. I, the, the nuns were never that impressed by me. <laughs> that's not the oh. first person we've had on this show that's talked about bringing the form to their uh, Catholic school. And none of the stories worked out very well in the short <laughs> term. In the long term, of course, they did. But <laughs> The most out of place place I've ever taken the form is the guy that I work for, Ted Grant, is a huge polo guy. And anytime we go to his place in New York, we go to the flagship Ralph Lauren on the corner of Madison and 72nd, I believe. And we're on the way to some basketball game and he's picking out a, probably a $2,000 suit. And I said, I, and I, of course the next day I'm going to OTB, right? I'm in New York city. I said, I'm pretty confident. No one has ever sit in a chair on the second floor of the flagship Ralph Lauren store with the daily racing form. But there I was. I think it works. And you were proud of me, Jessica. Very. Uh, Moving on to the eighth, they they nice of them to put this right in the middle of the sequence. Just what you're looking for is the seven furlong two year old maiden claimer. This is the this is the male uh, the male counterpart to the sixth race. It looks like to me, uh, seven furlongs again on the dirt, forty thousand dollar claimers, and Jessica has. Mr. Mike Dinney, who I think is always live in New York, talk about the four Jess. I agree. And I went with the four Saratoga banker who really didn't embarrass himself in his debut. Didn't have the best trip. I think I had an interesting jockey change from apprentice Matty Rowland, who's having a terrific um, go as an apprentice. But oh, 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 Howard, poor Howard, Jessica. We'll get to that in a minute. Continue, Jessica. I, the You know, Javier Castellano gets aboard and experience, you know, experience and strength that does go a long way with a young horse. And I think that may be what this horse needs. You know, a cleaner trip, a strong finish. I think he'll be right in the mix. This is one of those races where it's easy, I think, to get a little seduced and like make a big old ticket, old horizontal ticket, thinking you need a bunch of different options. I think there are really only a few horses in here that have legitimate chances. Um, you know, the wacky things happen, but I'm also going to use the one Destin Hoffman, who I think looked awfully green in his debut, hinted at some ability. So I'll say he had an educational start and go from there. 
What a Just, great name, huh? Destin Hoofman. Oh, that's, that's great, awesome. right? The four, by the way, the horse that Jessica liked is the four in this race. I, there are a lot of horses coming out of this race that are uh, on the race on Saturday. I just want to mention that, uh, Paul. So the, the four, it was climbing and just looked real uncomfortable here, Jessica. That's the horse that you like. Uh, there yeah. are a lot of horses that had trouble. This was just a weirdly run, slow kind of math kind of race for me. It just, it, it comes together at the end. I'll take it in the stretch because your four does make a run here at the end, Jessica, once he starts figuring some stuff out here. Yeah, I think this is kind of a horse, you know, having a moderate light bulb moment, figuring it out a little bit, and then just needs things to go his way a little bit better. Now, I think Maddie Rowland Howard won a race about a week and a half ago. Is that accurate? Um, I do not know to which race you're referring, sir. <laughs> so, Jessica, our boy Uncle <laughs> Howard was alive to three horses in the pick oh. six. The day that Maddie um, brought home the 52 to one shot in the finale. Um, and poor, poor Uncle Howard ran second, third, and fourth for 35,000, 6,000, and 25,000. Well, as I said, as I said, Jess, you know, in, in, in my world, in your world, we're always looking for the great story. I said to That's Howard it. on the phone that night, I said, it's a great story unless you had your three horses in the pick six, then it's a terrible story. <laughs> So. I mean, the, the bad beat stories are some of the best ones, though. Oh, that was, uh, I got to tell you, I've been on the wrong end of a lot of them, but that, Howard, that was a bad beat. Anyway, I don't want to, I had, you know, Maddie Rowland Howard, it had to be, it had to be discussed. Uh, Kyle, uh, you are going with Michelle Nevin, another one of my favorites, Trevor McCarthy. I am, and um, this might be, again, I'm, for me, I'm taking the Uncle Howard angle. I'm actually going, I want to look for a fresh face out of that race. Nothing in that race really so like it never didn't make me want to pick anyone out of that race. So I'm going with a fresh face. And again, it might be because I'm a little bit biased to my Lord Nelson Philly. This obviously is a cold, but my Lord, I love my Lord Nelson Philly tried her on the turf early in the career. She loves the dirt. This horse is, has a really good work tab on the dirt coming from Michelle Nevin, who doesn't win too much coming from dirt to turf or turf to dirt. But I think this horse, like I said, it's working really well on the dirt. It's going to be a price. And again, I just was looking for someone not in that race previous. Yeah, they paid a hundred thousand for the horse, and I'll tell you what she does win is going maiden special, the maiden yep, claiming twenty five percent. So she does, she does win uh, in that situation. Howard likes Jorge Abreu. Uh, speaking of first time with the horse coming from the Danny Gargan barn, D's speedster Howard. Paul, you probably don't hear me say this too much on the show, but I have absolutely no freaking clue who's going to win this race. I mean, the race replay we just saw was not pretty. And I've heard many very smart people over the years say there are no bad trips in slow races. That's how I feel about that replay. I mean, yes, there were some horses that got studied and whatever, but I mean, if you put me in a horse suit, I think I could have finished sixth in that race. And I'm not exactly in tip-top shape. So I agree with Kyle. I'm trying to find, you know, horses that are coming out of main specials. The fact that Jorge Abreu puts IRAD on this horse really perks my interest. And I know that automatically means the horse is going to take more money than he should. But that last work was good enough for me. It's, it's a, you know, it's a new barn. Maybe this horse can get out of the gate better. I have no idea, guys. But I just do not want anyone on top coming out of, uh, that race we watch, which is why I have the 10. Actually, I do have the 10, 
the Tatton Fast Study coming out of that race. But I thought of all the horses coming out of that race, Paul, I thought he had the most uh, trouble. But again, I am going very deep, spreading a wide net in the pick five. I have no strong opinions here at all. Yeah, I am taking a horse coming out of uh, the race. Jessica's horse is coming out of, and and it's the eight horse M C double R. My thinking, and and the horse certainly doesn't look great on paper. My thinking is that Jose Gomez is going to be very aggressive, and even though it's seven furlongs and it's tough to do, I'm not so sure who else is going to go. And I just I think there is at least a chance that he's going to wire this field. Uh, probably in a slowly run race. So um, that, you know, uh, I, I, I just, I know he's going to be aggressive because, you know, that's how he rides. And uh, the horse did go to the lead in that race. I agree with all of you. That was kind of an oddly run race. He does have to go another furlong here, but I think that might accentuate his speed even more. And uh, I, I'm just going to hopefully get that horse around, but you know, uh, the, the, the real, Good betters would tell us if if you have no opinion on that race, don't play the sequence. But I have a hard, you know, I'm going to have to see about <laughs> that. I, I have a hard time handicapping for the show, handicapping more before Saturday, and then sitting on the sidelines. Hey, Paul, can I just throw out a quick ticket construction um, Yes, a point that I want to make in this race based on what you said? Um, for better or for worse, in my opinion, Paul, and I think you brought up an excellent point, I only have one A in this race. I think it's a mistake for people in general to go like five or six A's in this race because you don't quote unquote know what to do. I don't know how Jessica feels from a ticket construction standpoint, but to me, if you're an ABC player, you're playing multiple tickets, take a stand with one or two and then back up with several just to use like eight or 10, just because you have no idea. Seems like maybe not the best idea. Um, I would just take a stance and go with a few and then you can back it up or not back it up. I don't, Jessica, how do you feel about that in general? I, I really agree there. I think this is the kind of race where you can get a little separation from your competition in theory, where a lot of folks are going to feel the need to hit the all button, which I think is such a yeah. cop out. Um, or go, you know, go quite a few horses deep where, sure. I mean, like I said, maybe something wacky happens, but I think there are quite a few horses in this race that really don't. I can't make a logical case for them. And if I can't make a logical case for them, um, I'm not going to put them on a ticket just to flesh out a ticket. Um, I'm very, I'm not frugal in any area of my life, except apparently when I'm constructing a horizontal ticket that then I'm like, no way we're, we're bargain hunting only here. Well, we know you're not, than most. we know you're not frugal when it comes to spending on your equine children. Oh, or my wardrobe. <laughs> like it's terrible. Like the amount of packages, like, I, you know, I've been taking treat yourself like a little too liberally lately, but you know, maybe <laughs> well, we'll hit the side and make up for it. That's right. Okay, we're going to move on to the ninth, which is a pretty good turf allowance uh, to turn one mile on the turf. It is, again, a uh, relatively fulfilled. A eight will go, presuming the weather's good. I think the weather is going to be good, so the MTO would be a likely scratch. If for any reason it goes off the turf, the MTO is going to be very difficult to beat. And Jessica, and this is also no surprise, is going with Graham Motion. No shock at all. But I think this horse, I mean, the sixth one on the morning line may be a little bit too much of a gift to hope for, but this is a horse who's just so consistent. Rarely runs a bad race, has a very good turn of foot. The question mark for me is, does anyone go with Java Bus? I think if this one has everything his own way on the front end, he may be a little tough to reel in. 
but Shalane could certainly pick up the pieces if anyone's able to take it to him early. Yeah, that is a good point, Chess. I almost put Java Buzz on top in this race, uh, even first time against winners uh, for that reason, uh, thinking that there's a chance that could happen. Uh, Kyle agrees with Jessica, which is always a good spot to be in, Kyle. Maybe. It is a it, no, no. It is a good spot to be in. Whenever someone like again, like you, is able to agree with you, it definitely boosts my ego for sure for a little bit. But I just think there's a lot. There could be a lot of pace in this race if it shapes up like a lot of these horses do on paper. Like the two said, Ian went to the lead last time, and he ran a really good race. Uh, the three is going to want to go towards the lead. The six is going to want to go towards the lead. So I think. If we can kind of get what looks like on paper, I think it sets up really nicely for the one coming off a really nice race. I guess actually against the four in this race, Danzig with the stars, which is an amazing name, might I add, just for the just to put it out there. Like I said, I just think it's coming off a really good race. Like Jessica said, this horse never runs a bad race, always runs the great race. And if this horse can get the setup that um, that he does enjoy, I think this horse is going to be really alive. I remember talking about Danzig with the Stars uh, in one of the Saratoga races. We were handicapping for the show, and I'm pretty sure he's a pretty serious Saratoga horse for course if if you look at his running lines. That that was my recollection. Uh, I think I was there two races back would have been two days before the Travis, so I was there. He didn't run a, a lick that day, but he did run the race before that against State Breads. I, I think he's a... Uh, one of those horses that really, really likes Saratoga. Although he he was coming, uh, he was coming last time. If that's the race you, uh, you're showing, Howard, he he just about uh, caught Celestial City, who we talked about uh, just very recently in the stakes race. Uh, Howard, you like Internal Capital, Chad Brown, Flavian Pratt. I do. Um, a lot of people sometimes poo-poo these Chad Brown horses coming from Monmouth. Um, I don't think that would be a very good idea because there's a horse that uh, came from Monmouth's done pretty well. And now I can't forget the gosh darn name, the girl that won Bleecker Street. Bleecker Street uh, ran at Monmouth several times and look what she did. I'm not saying this is the next Bleecker Street. I just want to point out the fact, guys, that I think when people see Monmouth with Chad, they think, oh, maybe this horse is not quite one of his you know, better ones. Uh, Chad has no problem running horses at Monmouth. This horse break, broke uh, her, his maiden very well. It's Flavie and it's Klarevich. Again, he's probably going to be overbet because of all that. But I think there's much bigger upside with this one than the others. I do agree with Kyle. There is some pace. But, Kyle, I just want to note, even though you see some ones, Java Buzz has a 109 early time form. And the other horses that look like they are speed types don't have nearly quick as a time form. So I think the eight could get clear. But to get the distance against these horses, I'm dubious. I just think the seven sits a great trip and has a big shot here. I like Danzig with the stars for a second. Although I have to say, looking at that replay again, maybe uh, the one is, is the better horse. But I think they're, you know, fairly similar. And then I've got the three uh, impulsiveness in third for Pletcher, um, who's got upside. And I think maybe bounced a little bit off that last effort, has a bullet work. And I think also impulsiveness might want a little bit shorter. So I wouldn't completely discount the three $280,000 buy guys. Um, I'm a little against the one based on a class perspective, but, but that horse can win. It's a pretty tough race. Yeah. And I use the three, Howard, and that's pretty much the main reason. Uh, I think the mile is much 
he's much going to be much better suited to the mile. I think a mile and three sixteenths was way, way out of his range last time. And you see, he was right on the pace for about probably a half a mile or so. And then, you know, then just gave it up. Uh, I think he could get a good trip on this cutback. I don't love him. This is a racer. I will have uh, two or three A's. The eight will definitely be an A for me. And, uh, the four is probably more of a B horse. I, I don't know. I just have that in my tiny little brain that he's more of a Saratoga horse. He is zero for five uh, on this uh, this circuit, but he'll he'll be a solid B for me. He could certainly win. So uh, that is it for the ninth, and we will hope to get paid in the tenth race, which is a six for a long turf race for state breads. <laughs> so you know that this could blow up, but we'll see if we like prices or if we like long shots and we will go first to madam president and she likes the eight horse i do like the eight number eight yarrow consistency really counts for something this is a horse that shows up every time pretty tactical verse style type can you know show some speed be a little you know in that second flight but can come from off the pace as well has been freshened a little bit since Saratoga. And I think we all, you know, everyone universally needs a little break after a long Saratoga season, but I think they're all just going to be trying to catch number nine, not for now coming out for Orlando Noda first off the claim. This barn is very dangerous. First off the claim uh, seem to be quite live right now as well. So I think this is a barn with a sharp meat and this horse has all the tools to be a big gate to wire threat. Jessica, I also picked the eight on top. I don't want to jump the line here, but just I want to get your thoughts on it. My thinking was that this race could end up being pretty quick. And and I think while I agree with you, this horse has the tech tractability to be close. I think it's more likely uh, that this race is going to be won from behind. And I just kind of think this horse might get a pretty good pace to run into. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, he's shown that he can be pretty versatile, but if he can take back off of what could be a pretty sharp pace, but that's just, you know, we'll see how much not for now has left in the tank and the stretch. Well, it, you know, it's interesting. Obviously, it, it's going to be a send. And I read does, you know, he, he has ride for Noda. You look at the, the last two years, 54 mounts. So uh, I read will ride for Noda. And, and, yeah, obviously, this horse has one way to go. And uh, if he – it looks like he's in form. You know, he is stepping up a little bit from 25 to 45. Uh, which you want to see, frankly, off the claim. You want to see them be aggressive. Um, you, you know, the obvious hope is that someone's going to go with him early. And, uh, you know, there's a uh, Linda Rice uh, entry in here. Uh, maybe one of them goes. Uh, we shall see. Kyle, you went with the nine, not for now. You're expecting the gate-to-wire trip, I assume. Correct, yeah. And I'm just thinking that this, this horse is so fast out of the gate, and the you guys touched on it. The Orlando Noda barn is so good off first off the claim with Irad, who obviously is notorious for being very aggressive with these types of horses. I just think this horse is going to, he's going to be super aggressive, get cut out with the lead, hopefully get clear and just run him down. And I went with Phantom Smoke in second. I just think he's going to try and track uh, the last race. He really didn't run any sort of a lick. Um, he was close up, but as a favorite, which obviously is, I know Howard just really dislikes that angle and I do as well. It's just to the fact where his previous races, he's been in such good form running at Saratoga and Belmont that I, I had to throw him there. Like I said, I think it's a good trip. I almost just see the if the nine gets clear, I almost just think it's going to be a lot of chase and it's going to be whoever comes out on top. And I actually went with a price neuro 
not not as heavy on the speed figures necessarily as everybody else. But if the race does fall apart, I feel like this horse can definitely improve off his a little bit of a layoff with Saratoga. And I feel like he can definitely at least clunk up to be in the price. There to be in the money, sorry. And Howard, you are also on the not far now bandwagon. Can I change my pick? <laughs> um, you know, I, I've had a bit, pretty busy last uh, 48 hours. Uh, I, I, I have to say that I, I look carefully at these races, but I'm starting to sort of agree with, with Jessica and Paul here. I I mean, if the nine doesn't get the lead, he's not winning, right? I mean, if all, no. it takes is one, all it takes is one horse to be aggressive or him not to quite break perfectly. Um, I, I'm going to officially change my pick to the one who I have in second. Um, although I'm not going to, I'm going to change my pick five when we come back. I think it's the flat one that I like. Sorry guys. Yeah. I'm going to go with ghost giant. I'm not a huge fan of turnbacks on the turf, but this is a claim for Linda and she puts her main guy Lascano on and this horse did go seven before. So I don't, you know, I, I think, and, and he's gone six before also. So this horse can go short again. I'm not a huge fan of seven year olds. There's a few negatives. But I think you have to just pick a closer. I'm just going to pick the one. I have to admit, it's not my strongest opinion. But I'm going to actually change my picks. I'm going to change it on the screen. I'm going to go one, nine, three. But I agree with Jessica and Paul. The eight can win. Uh, this race could completely collapse. The last race at Keeneland yesterday collapsed in a turf sprint. And James Graham won on a 21 to one long shot. And he looked woefully slower on the figs. But again, when the pace collapsed, strange things happen. I think that could definitely happen here. I'm going to officially change my pick. Literally, I'm going to do it right now to 193. It's a guess, though, for me. So I, wonder you... if he, I wonder if he lets his students change the answers after the test results are in. <laughs> they do not. I'm the teacher, so I can do it. Dean yeah, asked yeah. a good question in the chat uh, about whether there's a concern with the nine in for the tag here. And I think that's a really fair, that's a fair question to ask yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, big step up, claim for, claim for 25, in for 45. I mean, Nota's doing some good business. If someone you know, gets the win, gets this horse claimed for 45, like, again, I'm not good at math, but that seems like a good deal. Um, oh, yeah. I, he's in pretty good, Margie. Because of it, he's already passed his conditions, no? Isn't that why he's in for the claim? Well, and not only that, the purse. I mean, if he yeah. loses this horse, it's a, right. a $90,000 purse, so he's going to pick up 50 there. And yeah. and another forty five. If you claim the horse for twenty five and lose them for ninety five, the next race you're going to be pretty successful. It, it's a good it's a good day at the office. <laughs> uh, Christine the asked. Christine Howard has a good question. Does New York have a mandatory jump after a claim if back in under thirty days? I think she is correct. I, yeah, think, I think you can same same level or above. I don't think you can drop within 30 days. Okay. Although I will admit I'm not positive about that. But as usual, Christine, who's my favorite viewer, uh, has a very uh, very Damn. pertinent it's point. It's a very good question. Paul, did you but, see the name of the dam of the nine? By the way, the name, the name of the dam of the nine, Kaibosh. Yeah. That's that's what he's going to try to do to this field. Bam. <laughs> Drop the bike on not far now. I love that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm not sure about the conditions, but I, I'm not. I'm not. You know, the, the fact that this horse is in for 45 off a 25 claim in a ninety thousand dollar race that, you know, that wouldn't alarm me no. at all. It's uh, also a case of strike while the iron, the iron's hot. Right. Yeah, they exactly right now capitalize on that. 
Yeah, I'm sure they're not hoping to lose him. But if they, if they win the race and lose him, they're not going to be shedding any tears as he's being walked to someone else's barn when they get back to Belmont Park in the yeah. uh, shed row. Um, okay, so that is that. I we talked. I already talked about the eight. My feeling on the eight is that I think he gets a good setup. I think the race ends up being maybe a little quicker than it looks on paper. Uh, I like Manny Franco on a, a come from behind turf horse. Um, I like Manny riding for Clamata. I just think the eight has a lot of positives. The six to one morning line, I don't think we'll get that. But if, if we did, it would be good. So you put all these races together, and we are going to look at some pick five tickets. And Howard, I think you will pick. put Jessica's up first. Whatever you say, you're you're the boss. Jessica's first. We'll do that. Jessica's always first. There you go. Okay. Just tell us about it. Well, uh, so again, I'm sorry, Paul. Just a reminder because we have people who uh, follow our listening uh, platforms. We do need to read the ticket uh, out loud just for everyone. Okay. Yeah. So Jess says six nine ten with the ten with the one four with the one two eight with the eight nine a bargain at thirty six dollars. Tell us about Jess. You obviously have a strong opinion on the second leg yeah i think that i think you have to take a stand somewhere and i try to keep my tickets relatively reasonably priced um and i like limited liability he's one of my stronger opinions on the card when i'm constructing a horizontal ticket i like to find the, the strongest opinion and then base my ticket around that so limited liability we'll see if that virginia derby form can keep going okay I like it, and then you, uh, you you're three deep to open. So obviously, you, you're you're three deep in two legs. Those would be the legs that you have the least strong opinion. Is that fair? Yeah, I think uh, those are where I'm kind of spreading maybe a maybe a little bit here. I feel like I am playing a little bit defensively in the last leg, which isn't my favorite thing to do. But I wasn't really sure what to do with not for now. Um, I think he's a big gate to wire threat. He's a horse who I think at a short price I don't love, um, but I don't want to get beat by him. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm going to probably, yeah, uh, I, I'm going to have to come to grips with that because I really don't want to make him an A, and I'm going to probably make him a B, and if, if I'm not alive to the Bs in the last leg, I will get beat by him, but I've gotten beaten the last leg plenty of times before, so I have experience. I mean, I don't think uh, I go through the first leg of the Colonial Downs pick five uh, for like three weeks into the meet. It was a really tough sequence every time. You know, at Saratoga, Jessica, I went four for five approximately 20 times. You should get a prize for that. I, I'm not exaggerating. I, I'm not. I if I were a real masochist, I could go back and check because they're all on that <laughs> bets. But in a 42 day meet with 84 some, probably about 90 something pick five opportunities. I didn't play every one of them, but I played a lot of them. Uh, I Christine, think I Christine was, loves that ticket. Yeah, by she was uh, my favorite view, favorite viewer of this podcast. Oh yeah, she's the best. Yes, she's she's the best. Uh, okay, uh, who's up? Kyle, uh, Uncle Howard. Put up Kyle's winning pick five. Tickets. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Kyle is all spread out. Two, five, six, eight with one, six, seven, eight with two, five, nine with one, seven. And Kyle says, I'm not afraid to single in the last leg. I love your attitude, Kyle. You have the nine singles in the last leg. Never. And like I said, it's the fact that I just think he's a good gate to wire threat. If he, If someone goes with him, I get beat. So be it. It is the way it is. I'm I'm going pretty deep in the maiden special weight and the maiden claiming. I I probably could slow. I probably could condense the hill uh, the hill prince in the seventh race in the second, which is the second leg. I went four deep. 
I went with B better McKinnon unanimous consent and my topic celestial city. I probably could condense it, but um, the main special weights with, for the two-year-olds and I'm not, I am a very big proponent of just go with your best opinions. If you don't go uh, deep in the first leg, just because you want to be alive, go with your best opinions. But with the two-year-olds in this race, I'm kind of just want to be able to spread out in these races and play my better opinions later on. Yeah. Well, you know, my mantra on this, I've said it many times and, and we're not really cavemen players, but I, I go nuts when people are afraid to single at the end just because they want to be alive to more than, if that's your strongest opinion, single. And, you know, you, yeah, it's, it's white knuckle city. You know, we, we right. get it. You, you, You're sitting there you sweating know, but, on the couch, but yeah. But, you know, my, one thing I'm very sure of, of all these years of playing these wages, you have to hit every leg. Mm-hmm. In fact, the year, that's right. I, the year that we hit the, the big breeders cup pick six at Mohegan with arrogant, with the, the Jim Mazer group. I, I, after every race, I, I started, a, I started a saying, you can't go six for six if you don't go one for one. So by the third leg, the guys were saying to me, "Okay, Paul, what what is it? You can't go four. You can't go six for six if you don't go four for four. That one worked out pretty well. Uh, Uncle Howard, what do you got? So I know people. I, I know people are to say that that I'm being um, contradictory because of leg threes, but I do need to explain myself. So my ticket as of right now is a forty-eight dollar ticket, five six with one six. With one, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. With three, four, seven, with one. Let me first uh, be better in leg two in the. Is that the Hill Prince? Yeah. Is by is by price play of the entire day. That's the Pletcher horse with the fantastic one buyer uh, in his last race. I think that horse is fascinating, uh, Jessica. That's that's going to be my price play there. Um, I here's here's my thinking, guys, in race three and five or like three and five. I'm either going to go deep in like three or like five, the last race. I'm not sure which I'm going to relook at things, reestablish what I want to do. And I might just go very light in the third, third leg, excuse me, and go deeper in the last leg. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do, but in my ABC play, Paul, <clears throat> excuse me, in my ABC play, I'm definitely going to use like one or two as my A's. To, to shorten my ticket in ABC. But if it was a caveman ticket, it was only 48 bucks, guys. I think you can go deep in that leg three. I was sort of referring to an ABC ticket where I wouldn't go six or seven deep in my A's. Anyway, I would take a stance with the one in the end. A complete guess, though. Leg three, I have no idea. And mine, and I'm, I don't typically play caveman, Jessica, but I've hit a few, and I'm going to play this one, Jess, and I'm going to say up front that if I do get lucky enough to hit it, we'll earmark some of the money for TRF. How's that? Well, that sounds great. The horses, thank you, guys. It's the 510 with the 178 with the 458 with the 368. I added the 6-hour, and you emailed me about that, but you were probably flunking some kid while I was uh, Easy. adding that. Where, 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 I'm sorry, where did you have that horse? Uh, second to last leg, I added the six. Remember, you said it only cost thirty six, and right, I never right. try to go under budget. I, I'm yeah, I, I had a I had a busy uh, evening with with parents there towards the end. So mine is uh, five ten with one seven eight with four five eight with three six eight with one eight, and because I was hosting, I decided I would go over the Uncle Cheap Howard fifty dollar budget, so I went to fifty four. So there, and uh, I, I actually think for me. 
that leg was is in a way the most difficult. That uh, I don't really have strong opinions in that ninth race, that allowance race. So uh, I started out maybe going to go with one, uh, and then I said uh, two, and then when I realized I was under budget, I went up to three. So uh, I'm going to go thin at the beginning. Uh, I think that uh, I think Jess, you brought it up. Uh, it was either the sixth or the eighth you mentioned, but same. It was the eighth, but I think it's the same idea in the sixth. Just because it's a two-year-old maiden race, don't get caught up into thinking you have to go five yeah. or six deep. Uh, and the beauty of going too deep in the first leg is there's always the pick four. So, so for those serious, there's always uh, another one. There's always another one. So, uh, so anyway, Jessica. Uh, this is terrific. Uh, we know we kept you up past your bedtime, but Way we down. know that we know that you will be uh, you will be there with the pup tots in the morning because you start your day every day visiting. You have how many? You have now two. I have two. So I, the other one I have is a familiar name to anyone who followed Mid, Mid Atlantic Racing for a stretch. Um, Puget Sound, who is the best bred horse I will ever touch in my life. He's by AP Indy out of Boleto, who was. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly the reaction. He also has that attitude of like the rich, spoiled kid. Like, do you know who my dad is? Um, <laughs> he found himself in a pretty bad situation at the start of the pandemic and did not have a happy ending in his future. So I took him um, knowing he'd never really be a riding horse. He's he's physically very limited, but he is a very pretty lawn ornament. And they're in the same place, I assume? Yeah. They're both in my at my best friend's backyard, which is nice at this point. Excellent, that's terrific. Well, Jess, uh, as I said at the beginning, you know, uh, you know how I feel about you. You're one of my favorites. You were right I was your constituent. I was your constituent. Jessica Howard, as a relatively young woman, took over the very much predominant male member New England Turf Riders Association, and you might be shocked to find out that. It, not everyone was as open-minded as others. Yes, yeah, so we, every- we joke about this a lot, but like Paul, what Paul did back then, and you know, he was so respected by his peers. He empowered me to kind of have a voice and and take into that to get into that role. First, I was the vice president, and then I was the president. And again, not all of his fellow constituents were lovely about it. There were a couple that were you know, had some real issues with a 20 something year old woman being in charge of anything, let alone the old white man club that they've, they'd all been in forever. Um, but yeah, Paul, I'm forever grateful to the way you empowered me to get to take charge of that. Well, and I'll be honest with you, and I've told you this, I really didn't know that at the time that there was that out there. Cause if I did, it would have been a problem. Uh, because I, you know, I mean, you know, please, uh, most of them were in it for those the kiddies meals that you <laughs> I mean it was a buffet <laughs> so uh we should remind people Howard that uh we are now uh 15 days away from the Breeders Cup uh we have all sorts of content coming for folks both on the airways and in the blog uh we will be doing an exhaustive amount of work between now and Breeders Cup day I usually take off a few days around the Breeders' Cup. I've decided I'm not working that week. Uh, I'll be spending – I am not coming to Keeneland, Howard, but I am spending oh, – Bre- for the second man. year in a row, I am spending Breeders' Cup weekend uh, in New York. I will be at Aqueduct playing live racing. The, the real Aqueduct meet starts on the Friday. 
So we will be staying at Aqueduct and playing at Aqueduct, uh, the Breeders' Cup. So that's where wow. I will be with all of your listeners, Doc Mora, Bob Mullins, who Jessica knows well, and Tom Sofer. So uh, we did it last think- year. I don't think my schools will let me take the week off. I'll have to. I'll have to get in touch. I think that's going to be a hard no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> put it this Good way. Good for you. I'm, Good for you. Let, let hey, me Paul. Say I this. got two things. I'm, I'm sorry not scheduling myself. I'm not scheduling myself into anything that week that I don't that I don't want to spend time on. I got two things real quick from Jim Pilars at the bottom of the screen. Said Paul did an excellent job. Congratulations, Paul. A lot ever have a say on the top selections. Kept a good pace. Compliments myself and Pete. Kyle might be up next with hosting the show. And the other thing I do want to say, um, uh, Jessica, I'm a big fan of Kim Weir. I, I've had her on the show. The TRF is absolutely an amazing organization. Any time or money that people can donate to the TRF, I highly recommend you do it. I'm a big fan. Um, I've been to old friends as well and all in other places. So anything that we can do for horses after they run, they put it all on the line for us. We should do the same for them after their careers are over. So, Jessica, I really appreciate all the work you do uh, for aftercare. I think it's absolutely crucial. So, thank you. Well, thank you, and it's it's really you know so nice to hear it spoken about in so many different facets of the industry. Like it's it's important for everyone who enjoys the sport in any way. So, good luck at Aqueduct, Belmont at Aqueduct. Good luck at Keeneland. We still have uh, solid Keeneland racing left. Good luck at Parks if you're playing Parks. So. Uh, Thank you, Howard. Uh, Jessica, you're the best. Hope to see you at a racetrack again soon. That was a treat down at uh, Pennsylvania to have a little Suffolk Downs reunion. And, uh, Howard, we are on not on live Saturday, so we will see people again on Tuesday. Yeah, so so no, next week, and I'll, I'll put it on. Everyone, follow me on Twitter, please. If you want to join my email list, please email me, hkravishorse at gmail.com. I'll put you on our podcast email list. Paul, we're going to go live next Monday. Monday the 24th are the Breeders' Cup pre-entry announcements. So we'll find out uh, who the horses are pre-entered, their first choice, their second choice. And then, hold your hats, guys, a week from Thursday, I'll earlier start so we can get this gentleman on from uh, Liverpool, UK, Davey Lane, a week from today, We'll be here to talk all about the Euros. He's a great punter, handicapper, and we're also going to have another show that Thursday night as well. So we'll have two shows next Thursday and a show on Monday coming up here for the pre-entries. He's a slave driver, Jessica. What can we say? I like the enthusiasm. I mean, it's Breeders' Cup. It's our Christmas and birthday all rolled into one. Got to do it. It's the best. Okay, we are done. Jess, thanks very much. Kyle, great job. Howard, back to those students tomorrow, and we will see you folks next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Jessica. Bye-bye.